Welcome to the Simply Resilient Podcast. This is episode number 37, Living with Uncertainty. My name is Jessie Ellertson, and I am a life coach and a military wife who is in the trenches of life with each of you. This podcast is for military wives who know how to handle the challenges of deployments and frequent trainings, but want to stop feeling mentally miserable in the process. You know what to do, and you're doing it, all while holding down the fort at home, but you are weary from living in survival mode and battling with your brain. If you are ready to thrive, then you are in the right place. Today, we're going to talk about living with uncertainty. And I want to start out by talking about how we need these tools in all of life, whether we're in a pandemic or not, whether we're living in quarantine or not. So last week, and even continuing into this week, Utah has been having quite a few earthquakes. Now where I live, we only ever felt the first one that was last Wednesday morning. But it's been really interesting to watch where my brain and other people's brains have gone given these earthquakes. A lot of people will say, oh, this is the last thing we need on top of, you know, a virus, a pandemic, a quarantine. Now we have earthquakes and they're starting to think, what could all of this mean? And how can we deal with all this uncertainty? At any moment, there could be more earthquakes. And, you know, even my brain in the moment went to some panicky places like what if it gets worse how will I get all my kids to safety in time there's not enough time to get my kids to safety what's interesting about all of that is that earthquakes could happen at any moment of any day forever ever since I was little living in Utah here I've been learning about how we're on the verge of a big earthquake and we have earthquake drills And all of that's great, and it's smart to know what to do if an earthquake happens. But what I think is very interesting is that given the uncertainty of this virus and how it will affect us and what our future will look like, we're more prone to thinking everything's uncertain now. And it's as if earthquakes are a new phenomenon, and worrying about earthquake is somehow now worse because we're also in a pandemic where really it's just the same. We're always at risk of having an earthquake and we weren't spending a lot of time thinking about it until we have earthquakes or we're in this pandemic and now we're feeling more vulnerable than ever. So I want you to know that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you, my listeners, and what you're dealing with. And as I prepared this podcast, I just got so excited to share all of this information with you because it has helped me so much as we go through this. We're all in it together. My sister and I have this little joke going. If you guys have ever seen the movie About a Boy, they have a support group in that movie called Single Parents Alone Together. And that's the joke my sister and I have been making when we talk on the phone. They even have it kind of in a chant. They say, single parents alone together. And that's so funny to us because that's a little bit what we're dealing with right now, where we're all in this together, even though we're all apart. We're not able to actually be together with everyone dealing with this and when you're home alone with your family but away from the world you kind of feel like you're the only one dealing with it and you have to remind yourself or at least I have to remind myself that everyone is going through this at the same time right now so it's funny to be together but alone and that's why we do that funny single parents alone together (laughs) okay so we're going to start by talking about uncertainty and what uncertainty means and how our lives always have a certain level of uncertainty. And just in this moment with this virus, with coronavirus, our uncertainty is now glaring us in the face. And you might argue that there's more uncertainty right now than there was last year, but you might also argue that life is 50-50. 
and there's always 50% certainty and 50% uncertainty. And right now with a pandemic, we're focused on the 50% of our lives that are uncertain and it's making it feel bigger than 50% because we're focusing on it. What we focus on gets bigger, we know that. So if you think about it, last year, at any moment, we could lose our job, we could lose our money, we could lose our health, we could lose our life, we could lose a loved one. All of that uncertainty still existed. It's just now it's glaring us in the face and making us feel very uncomfortable. We don't like focusing on the 50% of our life that is uncertain, and we really don't like it when it feels like the biggest part in our lives. So I want to help you with this episode to try to bring that back to Yes, there's lots going on that's uncertain and out of my control, but there's still lots of things going on that are certain and are in my control, and I choose my focus. So one way that I have done that for myself is I have this visual of wrapping my arms around uncertainty, around the things in my life that I can't know. I lean into it. I accept it. I accept that there is uncertainty. I stop resisting it. I stop wishing that I knew everything and I knew how to plan perfectly and that I had a crystal ball and I could see it all. Instead, I say, this is the part I don't know. It's okay that I don't know this. I'm just going to wrap my arms around it and accept this uncertainty. Another interesting way to take a look at this is since we cannot know what our exact future will look like, and truly we never can, we can decide what we want it to look like. And that is always available to us, but what a powerful tool to use at this time too. So I was coaching a client about her business and about some decisions she needed to make in her business because of the effects of the coronavirus. And I encouraged her to ask herself what she wanted the future of her business to look like. And then you can take a couple approaches to this. You can stay very conservative and realistic As long as you're working within the parameters of the information you know and not just making guesses about kind of worst case scenario. I mean, you can go there too if you like how that feels and if that serves you. But in this particular scenario that I was coaching my client, she had a set of information that she acknowledged at any point that set of information could change. You know, how long schools were closed and how long the quarantine was recommended to go on at that point. And she had to make a decision if she could maintain a date that she had set for a certain thing in her business. And we talked about how with the current information that she had, she could still keep that date. And that was what she wanted. She wanted to be able to keep that date in her business and keep that event that she had planned in her business. And so in that moment, the decisions that she needed to make could be based on the information that she had and it aligned with the future she wanted to create. And then we took a moment to just talk about if at any point that information changes, for example, if the quarantine is recommended to go on for longer, then you'll adjust and you'll take that information, that new information, you'll adjust your future to work with the new information and still with the intent in mind of creating a future that you want And you'll adjust the date of your event or whatever that you need to do because of that new information. But you're still going to work towards a future that is within your control and that you like how it looks. Another option that I give you permission to do is to go to the land of crazy. It can be kind of fun. We've talked about it here on the podcast and a few different episodes of being delusional. Some people are afraid of delusion. I am no longer afraid of being delusional as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else and it serves me. So I let myself go to the land of crazy and I say, what if in some amazing way this virus 
made this get better and made this get stronger and made this other thing even better than we could have created it without a virus. And what if we're all able to dot, dot, dot. And I just go to this land of crazy, meaning I let my imagination run wild. That's what I mean with the land of crazy. And I just create the most amazing future that I could possibly let my imagination create. And it's fun and it feels good. And my lower brain will say, that's not going to happen. And I say, maybe, but it was fun to think about it. And it's fun to make decisions based on some pretty exciting things that potentially could happen in my future. The next thing that I want you guys to do is take some time to allow and acknowledge the parts of your life that are not in your control. So this is the 50% that you're currently focusing on. I'm not asking you to ignore this 50%. I'm asking you to acknowledge it, allow for it, call it what it is. Say these, this set of circumstances happening and it's out of my control. And right now I want to feel discouraged or nervous or disappointed. I want you to say out loud what you're feeling about those parts and also own that you're wanting to feel that way right now. And that's totally okay. And you're not going to feel that way forever, but that's how you feel about this particular set of circumstances that's out of your control. And then let that be what it is. And then intentionally take some time to focus on every single thing that is in your control. Focus on all the information that you do know. Ask yourself, what do I know today? Ask yourself, what is happening right now? Notice how you're an expert at reviewing on repeat what you do not know and how not knowing it is going to affect you. Notice your motivation for reading articles and watching the news that maybe it will solve for all these things you do not know. And then I want you to switch it. I want you to say, it's okay that right now I don't have an answer to that. What I do have answers for and the things I do know is this. And switch your focus to the things that you do know and that are in your control. It's so empowering. It feels so good. And it's not a very hard switch to make once you get really intentional about it and feel the benefit of thinking this way and focusing this way. Feeling that control and that power come back into your life is incredible. And it will motivate you to continually do the work that it takes to think this way. One of my favorite thoughts when I'm spending time worrying about the future and about things I cannot know at this time, especially when I catch myself trying to solve for things that I cannot know at this time, rather than just accepting that I don't know them and that it's okay. One of my favorite thoughts that helps me come back from that is I'll know how to handle whatever happens from the present moment. And I'm going to say that again so that you can really understand this thought. I'll know how to handle whatever happens from the present moment. What that means is I can't know it right now. And trying to guess what might happen and solve for things that I don't have information for is not serving me. But as soon as I have the information I need for whatever is happening or will happen, I'll know what to do right in that second. I'll know how to take that information and translate it into thoughts, feelings, and actions that will create a result for me. And I'll know how to do that the moment I have the information, but right now I don't have the information. And then the next thing I do is actually build evidence for how this thought is true for me. And I look back in my very immediate past or back in my more distant past. And I look at situations that I faced for the very first time that I had no way of anticipating or knowing exactly how to solve them, no practice at solving them. And I notice how I solve them right in the moment. 
So if you go to your very immediate past of just last week or the week before, when everything started to change, things started to get canceled, everything started to get real and affect us with the coronavirus, you could not have predicted this happening. You couldn't have gone into January or February of your life and be like, one or two months from now, everything will be canceled. How will I handle that in that moment? You couldn't have predicted it. It just happened to you. In the last couple of weeks, you had new information and you responded to the information and you handled it right in the present moment. Now go back further to big things that happened in your life that caught you off guard, that you couldn't have planned for, that had a big effect on you. And start to build that evidence for the way you handled that right in the present moment. Even if parts of it you handled messily and parts of it you handled beautifully, you handled it. No matter how you handled it, you handled it. You are an expert at handling things from the present moment. But your lower brain really wants to offer you, let's figure out how to handle this ahead of time when we don't have enough information. And I want you to watch that and notice that and catch your lower brain wanting you to spin on that. And that is what makes your brain spin and spin in an unhelpful way because you cannot solve it without the information you need to solve it. And you'll go seeking that information when it's not even available. So a couple more examples of this are in my life. Just a couple days ago, we got information from our school district that instead of just being closed for two weeks, that now it's going to be closed until May 1st. And when we were in the two weeks of the kids out of school, We made a plan for this is what it'll look like if it only lasts two weeks. And that was all the information we had. And my brain urged me to spend time thinking, what will we do if this goes on longer? And I'm not saying don't spend a little time on preparation for possible future outcomes, but don't overindulge those desires. Don't spend tons of time there. So I would just quietly bring my brain back to the moment and I would say, As of right now, my kids will be out of school for two weeks. And here's my plan for two weeks of quarantine and my kids home for two weeks. And when that changes, then I'll have that information and I'll make a new plan. And I, again, I would let myself think like, if it goes on longer, here's what we'll probably do. That's all. That's all the time I spend there rather than spinning and wondering and worrying and trying to solve for something that I don't have the information for. And so then two days ago when we got the email saying it will be until May 1st, I now had new information. I adjusted my plan. I solved it perfectly from the present moment. Another example of this is we recently found out that there's a 60-day hold on our soldiers who are deployed, our soldiers who were getting ready to deploy, which has a big effect on us as their families and on our soldiers and, and everyone in military life. This is challenging information to receive, but we're solving for it from the present moment. We're adjusting our plan. We're adjusting what our future looks like because of that 60-day hold. But two weeks ago, if we had spent a lot of time saying, my husband is deployed and how will this affect him? And I wonder if they'll pause things or bring him home early or send him out late or any of those things. We would just spend a lot of time trying to solve for what we did not have enough information for. And now we have the information and now we adjust. So if you're needing to make decisions based on the future that you have decided it will look like based on the information that you have, I want to remind you that I have an awesome episode on this podcast called Making Decisions Like a Boss. And that's episode number six. So if you're struggling to make decisions, if you find yourself being a little overwhelmed by all the decisions you have to make, or if you're kind of spinning in indecision, go check out that episode again. Episode six, Making Decisions Like a Boss. I'd like to share a scripture with you right now from John chapter 14, verse 27. And this is Christ speaking. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. 
Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I love this scripture and it has brought me so much comfort. And one thing I love about this scripture is Jesus Christ is helping us see that there are two ways to seek for peace and comfort in our lives. There are two different ways to calm a troubled heart and to calm our fears. One way is the way that the world offers. And the world offers distraction, resistance, buffering. The world offers, let's live a life free from trouble and free from hard things and challenges by just living a very simple, easy life. The world offers us ease and pleasure and avoiding pain. And I'm not saying all those things are bad, but if we focus our lives in those directions, the life we create is very small. Now, the peace that Jesus Christ offers is true peace, lasting peace, deep peace, eternal peace. And what that looks like is, I know how to handle it when challenges come. I know how to manage my mind when the hardest things happen. I'm willing to feel joy and pain. I'm willing to feel fear and contentment. I'm willing to have the ups and the downs that this amazing mortal life has to offer. And because I have knowledge and belief and this amazing brain of mine that God created for me, I know how to feel it all. I know how to create a big, amazing life that is 50-50. It has all parts of it. And I don't need to distract away from the good or the bad. I don't need to buffer or resist. I can just allow and accept and create the exact life I want to live, no matter my circumstances. And when hard things come my way, I open my arms up and I wrap my arms around it because I know how to do it. I know how to rise up and handle it. Right now, my husband is away for military training. He's not deployed. He's just gone for four months doing some flight training. And that has been a particular challenge for me this past couple of weeks as things have changed quite a bit. And it feels like the 50% uncertainty part of my life has gotten a lot bigger. My brain has offered me a lot of thoughts about the fact that he's not here. It hopes that his training gets canceled and he gets to come home. It offers me thoughts like this would be easier if he were here or he should be here. Why isn't he here? I shouldn't have to do this alone. It's quite similar to the thoughts that I have when he's deployed and things are hard. Now my brain has been comforted by the fact that he isn't deployed and I know that so many of you are going through your husbands being overseas right now or your wives being overseas right now and how challenging that must be. But I have been able to watch my brain offer me all these thoughts about how something has gone wrong because I'm going through a pandemic by myself. My husband is not here. He's in another state and he won't be home till June and I have to deal with this pandemic and my children and staying healthy and keeping everyone fed and happy and learning an online school and keep running my life and my business and I have to do it all by myself and my lower brain wants me to think that Because he's not here, something has gone wrong. And I am able to write down all my thoughts about that and do my self-coaching and get coached. I've gotten coached a few times in the last couple weeks, which has been really helpful. And I'm able to answer my brain and answer these thoughts. And so the most comforting thoughts to me right now, I don't even know if comforting is the right word, but it's the thoughts that just like in the scripture, help my heart not be troubled and help me not be afraid are that him being gone is 50-50. It's 50% hard that he's gone and it's 50% great that he's gone. And if he were home, that would also be 50-50. 
it would be 50% amazing that he was home and 50% hard that he was home. And those of you who have your spouse home 24 hours a day right now, I'm sure you can share lots of thoughts with me on why that's awesome and hard. Or even those of you that have your spouse with you right now, but he has to go to work and he's going out in the world instead of being able to stay home quarantined and he's coming home and bringing who knows what home into your house. I'm sure you can give me lots of thoughts on why that is 50% hard and 50% good. So that is helping calm my troubled heart of I can manage my mind around the fact that he's away and if he were home, I'd be managing my mind around that as well. And I know how to do both. And sure, I would prefer managing my mind around him being home, but that's not available to me. He is away and he cannot come home right now. And having him come home is my lower brain offering me to change my circumstance, change my C. Our lower brain thinks that changing our C is what will help us feel better. So when I am in discomfort and my heart is troubled and I'm worried and nervous and scared and overwhelmed and frustrated, my lower brain goes to work and says, I know how we could feel better. Let's pray that Brad's training will get canceled and that he'll come home. I know how we would feel better if there was no coronavirus. I know how we'd feel better if our kids were still in school. All of those offerings from our lower brain, from my lower brain, is changing the circumstance. Instead of accepting the circumstances for what they are and then accepting a lot of the negative feelings that come from these circumstances. I'm just willing to feel frustrated. I'm willing to feel a little scared. I'm willing to feel nervous. I'm even willing to feel a little overwhelmed. So back to that scripture, the peace that the world offers is a little bit like your lower brain. It's change your C and you'll feel better. But the peace that mind management offers or the the true peace that God offers is calming your troubled heart by accepting your circumstances, watching your thoughts, allowing your feelings, positive and negative, owning that you create your results. And then when you're ready, managing your mind and intentionally guiding your thoughts to create the feelings and the actions and the results that you want to create from an intentional place. Okay, the next thing I want to talk to you guys about in this episode is about stress. I've been hearing my clients and people in my life talk a lot about how stressed they are and what stress feels like and the effect that stress is having on them. And I think it's really important to understand what stress is, what it does. So I have the definition of stress here for you. It is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. I love this definition and I love that it used the word circumstances. I'm actually kind of always watching for that word circumstances because then I can just bring whatever it is that I'm talking about or what I'm reading about and I can think, ooh, how would this go into a model? And I think that's fun because I kind of am a nerd about the model and I, I geek out about it. So in this circumstance, in this demanding circumstance that we're in right now, COVID-19 or coronavirus is in the circumstance line of our model. It is our current circumstance. Now, what are we thinking about it? And what are we feeling? Take some time to just find that, feel it, allow it, own it, accept it. Then ask yourself, okay, now how do I want to think about this? How do I want to feel about this? What results do I want to create for my life with coronavirus in the circumstance line. Okay, so there are two ways to respond to stress. I loved learning about this. This was very fascinating to me. One way to respond is with a threat response. When we feel stress, our body can go into a threat response, which can look like that fight or flight or freeze response. And that's fine. Responding that way can really serve us in a moment of emergency, but it doesn't really serve us over time. So watch your brain offer you that threat response 
as a long-term solution and then just remind yourself that is just a momentary short-term solution. So what else can I do when I feel stressed? Because this is going to be a long-term situation having coronavirus in our circumstance line. So the second way for our brains and our bodies to respond to stress is with a challenge response. Now this one really serves us, especially if it's going to be stress over time. So a challenge response leads us to problem solve and it leads us to focus. It's very useful. It leads us to perform. It leads us to step up. Think about the phrase, rise to the challenge. That is where you step up to the challenge and you rise to it you meet it, you grow from it. So if we're thinking about levels of stress, we often will categorize just stress is bad for us. But what I want you to just take a second to think about is if we are living a life with low stress, medium stress, or high stress, that's what this could look like. So low stress is when we're just totally in our comfort zone. There's nothing wrong with a low stress moment, but we don't really want to live a low stress life. We are not seeking a life of low stress in our comfort zone all the time. We can rationally understand that. Now, high stress is also okay in moments, but we're definitely not seeking a life of high stress. So if the low stress is the comfort zone, I'm going to call high stress the danger zone. This is the type of stress that is hard on our health and hard on our brains and hard on our bodies. And sometimes we misdiagnose a regular amount of stress as being hard on our bodies when really just the high stress is hard on our bodies. And one thing that will take us to high stress is overthinking the problem, over worrying, indulging in a lot of these behaviors that really will take a regular amount of stress up to a high amount of stress. So the one I want to focus on is when you're just living a medium amount of stress, and I want to call this the growth zone. So low stress is the comfort zone, high stress is the danger zone, and medium stress is the growth zone. And there have been tons of studies that show us that a medium amount of stress is actually an environment in which we thrive and grow. It's that challenge response where we problem solve, we focus, we step up, we perform. So I want to give you a couple examples of a medium amount of stress in your life and how you can see that in normal life, we actually create opportunities for ourselves to feel this medium amount of stress on a long-term basis. So think about sports. Sports is stress on ourselves physically and mentally and emotionally, and yet we encourage those opportunities to either play sports, watch sports, participate in sports, attending school, learning, education. That is all a medium amount of stress. If we were wanting to live a life in our in low stress, in the comfort zone, we wouldn't want homework and tests and classes and attendance and grades and demands on our time. But because we know that a medium amount of stress is a sweet spot for us, is a growth zone for us, we sign up for school and then more school. And we tell our kids to do it and we tell everybody, do school, get educated, bring this medium amount of stress into your life for a long time because that is an excellent way to grow as a human being. Some more examples are dating, definitely a medium amount of stress for a lot of the time. There's a lot of fun to to be had too, as with sports and school, but it's definitely not in your comfort zone. Learning any new skill is out of your comfort zone and into that growth zone. Any kind of performing, work, having a job, working hard, yard work, all of that is are things that we choose to do that puts our life into that growth zone with just a medium amount of stress. 
So as you can see that normally we benefit from choosing things that put us under a medium amount of stress and into the growth zone and that these can be opportunities for us. Now I want you to just take a minute to wiggle your brain to think that in what way is coronavirus just putting me into a medium amount of stress over a long period of time. It's still temporary, just as, you know, participating in school is, it will eventually end. Dating, you'll either break up or get married, so that will end. Every Everything we do is that we put ourselves into usually does not go on forever. It's It's generally temporary. And we can look at these as opportunities. And this opportunity of coronavirus, we didn't get to choose. It was chosen for us but we can still look at it as an opportunity to be in a medium amount of stress for a certain period of time that is the growth zone that we can thrive in. We thrive and strengthen our resiliency from some stress. It can inspire us to grow and change. And as human beings, we are looking for these opportunities. We are looking for things to inspire us to grow and change. This is also really helpful for me as I remember that my kids are stressed and my lower brain responds with, We need to get them out of stress. We need to help them. We need to comfort them and change the circumstances so that they won't be stressed. And then I just remember, this is just a medium amount of stress. They're not in high stress. They're not staying in low stress. This is a medium amount of stress and that is a wonderful opportunity for them. And then I just let them be stressed and it's okay. And I definitely do what I can to keep them out of high stress and to not let them stay in low stress environments so that medium stress is the main one that they're feeling. So when you're talking to your kids about what they are experiencing, and kids are so resilient, by the way. Did you guys know that? They are so resilient. I want you to initially, and maybe even for quite a while, just let them be sad. Let them be disappointed. Let them be stressed. Just like you're letting yourself be those things. Parents often think we need to solve this for our kids. And we just need to let them be sad. This is a time for being sad and disappointed. Some very important things for ourselves and for our children have been changed and canceled and postponed. And it's okay to just be really sad about it. And maybe even just right in the moment when it comes up for them, let them be sad. They don't, you don't need to talk them out of anything. And they will often find some relief from someone just making space for them to be really sad about it. And that's the true relief you can give them rather than trying to distract them from their sad or talk them out of it. I used to say, because I can see the bigger picture when my kids are sad or disappointed and I can see how this is really not that big of a deal to me, but it really is to them. And I used to catch myself saying, don't worry, don't be disappointed. This is no big deal. We're just gonna da da da. And I'd offer them something else amazing or remind them of something else exciting in their lives so that they can just get right past their disappointment and sadness. And now my go-to, now that I've learned how to catch myself trying to talk my kids out of their negative feelings, now I just say, it's okay, you can be disappointed. And I say, this is disappointing. I can really see why you're feeling sad right now. I'm sorry you're feeling sad. I love you. I'm here for you always. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be disappointed. I just make space for them to feel whatever they're feeling. And then they work it out. They get a certain amount of relief from having that space to feel exactly how they want to feel. And I didn't have to hurry them through it or talk them out of it. And then later, they may just be feeling better on their own or they may come to me and they may say, feels like I have nothing to look forward to. And then I'll say, oh, should we talk about some things we could look forward to? And then we go there and then I offer them that kind of relief and comfort. But I try to never hurry them through what they're currently experiencing. And when you're feeling tempted to change the experience they're having, especially if you're doing your own mind management and finding your relief that way, 
I want you to remind yourself that your kids don't need to manage their mind in the way that you manage your mind because we have very different brains. So you just let them have their experience. Let them know you're there for them and that you're available to them if they need you and if they're asking to be comforted or to be helped with new thoughts, which they're not going to say in those words. But however they come to you and say they're ready to feel differently, then that can be your moment to offer them some new thoughts. But one of the most important things you can do is just model your behavior. My life coach, Jody Moore, likes to give this example of when you're on an airplane and there's turbulence, you look at the flight attendant to see if they're worried because they know more than you for sure. And our kids don't think of it quite this way, but they're looking at us to see if they should be more worried than they are. So we don't need to help them change how they feel. We just need to model our own behavior. And I'm not saying don't let your kids see you be worried. It's totally okay for your kids to see you be worried to see you cry, to see you be afraid, to see you be nervous. In fact, I think it's really healthy for them to see those things. But you're going to work through that and bring yourself to the other side and they're going to watch that part too. And in fact, if they see you go from nervous to calm, that's even more productive than just putting on a calm, brave face all the time because they need to know it's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be afraid. They saw you be afraid and then they saw you come through it. And that's the most powerful thing you can do for your kids is just model that. Let them see it all, but let them see you manage your mind and come through it and know that that's an option for them at any point when they're ready. Now we're going to talk about our feelings and emotions. We've already been talking about it in this episode, but we're going to focus on it for a minute. So another thing that my life coach says is that feelings are meant to be felt. That's such a powerful sentence. It's simple, but powerful. Feelings aren't meant to be pushed away or ignored or resisted. They're meant to be felt. The good ones, the bad ones, the useful ones, the not useful ones, the indulgent ones, the productive ones, all feelings are meant to be felt. I want you to just notice the emotions that you're feeling with compassion. Always start there. Start with just noticing your emotions with compassion. Don't try to change them, just allow them. Eventually you can get to the part where you're creating new emotions, but we always start with just noticing and creating awareness and allowing those emotions. Now, one of the best ways to do this is to actually get out of your head and into your body. I know we spend a lot of time talking on this podcast about how thoughts are everything and they are. Your thoughts are always what are creating your emotions, but sometimes we need a break from our head and a break from our thoughts especially when we have a lot of thoughts about any given circumstance. So I want you to, at least once a day, when you're feeling a little overwhelmed with what's going on in your head and you're you're feeling tempted to resist the uncomfortable emotions and feelings going through your body, I want you to just get out of your head and go into your body. This might look like meditating for you or just finding a quiet moment. And the way that I like to do this is I name my emotion I name what I'm feeling and I talk to myself about what it feels like in my body. Is it low? Is it high? Is it deep? Is it heavy? Is it a buzzing? Is it light? Is it tight? Some of these are some of the ways I describe how I feel my emotions in my body. And then my favorite thing to do is breathe. When I meditate, that's the main thing I do is I just focus on my breathing, focus on what I'm feeling in my body. And I want to encourage you, you may This is how I used to use breathing. I used to use breathing to try to get past the uncomfortable emotion that I was feeling. But I want you to think about right now when you're doing these breathing exercises, whatever your favorite breathing exercises are, I want you to remind yourself, I am breathing right now. 
not to stop feeling scared or nervous or overwhelmed or discouraged, but I'm breathing right now to allow for my fear. I'm breathing right now to feel my nervous even more. I'm wrapping my arms around nervous and uncertainty and I'm breathing into it. I'm leaning in. I'm opening up my arms and I'm welcoming what I'm feeling right now in. This is what it looks like for me to allow whatever emotion I'm feeling. And it's important to remember that mind management isn't about having all good days and always feeling productive emotions. It's about being willing to have all kinds of days, owning that you're the creator of your day and remembering that that is good news. Being the creator of the kind of day you're going to have is good news, even when what you create is a hard day or a low day. That's one thing I've noticed over these last couple weeks is that I have some days where I'm feeling very optimistic and very productive and I get lots done and I keep my kids on track all day and we have a great day and at the end I put my head on my pillow and think, I conquered today and I'm the creator of that day and that's amazing. And then I have days where I'm quiet and low and a little more worried and a little more vulnerable and a little more sad and a little more emotional. And I go through my day doing the best I can and I have compassion for myself. On these days, my kids probably have more screen time and I have more me time and we might get takeout instead of making dinner and I might take a nap. And I'm the creator of that day too. And when I put my head on my pillow that night, I reflect on my day and on how I worked to allow that kind of day. And I watched my thoughts and I watched the thoughts that I had that created those feelings and those actions and those results for me. And I just own that I created that day too. And that is totally okay. And in fact, it's good news. It's good news that I create every single day for myself with my thoughts and that I'm willing to have both kinds of days. I want to share another scripture with you. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we have a book of scripture called the Doctrine and Covenants. And in section 38, verse 30, talks about, Wherefore, treasure up wisdom, for if ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. I love this scripture. And I remember reading this scripture and studying this concept when I was younger. I used to think that this scripture meant, if I do enough things, then I'll be safe. That if ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. I used to think, okay, I can do enough things to be prepared and then nothing bad will happen to me. But now I understand it so differently. It's if I am prepared for all kinds of days, and all kinds of circumstances, and all kinds of feelings, and thoughts, and actions, and results, then I have no need to fear. I can calm my troubled heart by being prepared for whatever comes my way, and being ready to take action in the present moment, and solve for whatever problem I'm facing from the present moment. I'm prepared to do that, and because I'm prepared to do that, I have no need to fear. And when you think of it in the first way that I used to think about it when I was younger of if I take enough action, then I'll be prepared. That is a perfect example of your brain trying to solve for things that it can't know what to solve for until it's happening to you. And I'm not saying that we don't take certain measures of caution. Some of you may know that in my church, we have strong counsel to have food storage and be prepared financially with savings and to stay out of debt and to be prepared spiritually by staying close to God. And we're strongly encouraged to be prepared for if anything were to go wrong. So there's definitely measures you can take to be cautious and prepared, but then for that to be enough. And from there to say, now I know that if I'm prepared, I shall not fear. I love that promise. So one thing that I know and that's available for you to know as well is that I know we're going to get on the other side of this, 
on the other side of coronavirus, or really it's available for you to know that you can, you're going to get on the other side of anything hard, on the other side of your husband being deployed, on the other side of his deployment being delayed for 60 days. You're going to get on the other side of your child's illness, your illness. You're going to get on the other side of a job loss or financial strain or marital troubles. Whatever it looks like on the other side, you're going to get on the other side of it. We're going to get on the other side of this virus and we're going to be okay. But being okay doesn't mean that it's all going to go perfectly. It means that we'll know how to handle whatever the other side of this looks like. We're going to be okay even if the worst happens. Even if the worst thing that we can think of happens, we're going to get on the other side of it and we're going to be okay. Because when the worst happens, what's happening inside of us is that we're feeling all kinds of negative emotions and we know how to feel negative emotions. The worst that can happen is that we'll feel negative emotions and we know how to feel negative emotions. We are prepared and there's no need to fear. Let's take just a minute to talk about other people. And you'll remember that other people are in our circumstance line, the way that they're behaving, the way that they're reacting, the way that they're involving you in their reactions. If you want to be calm and they want to be in chaos, that's okay. It's okay for all kinds of responses. If people are worried, then they want to be worried. And you may even have the perfect answer for them to talk them out of their worry or to solve for their worry like you've solved for your own worry. But unless they ask you for it, unless they ask you for help, they don't want to feel better right now. They want to be worried and that's okay. All types of responses to this challenging time, this demanding circumstance, all types of responses are okay. There may be responses that we prefer, particularly from the people around us that we're involved with, and it's okay for you to prefer them. But I want you to practice allowing whatever anyone's decided to do. And this includes any of your responses. All the ways you're responding to this are okay. Give yourself that permission. We're going to wrap up this episode with things to do and not to do. And we're going to start with the not do. So the first thing I want you not to do is to overwatch the news. Here's what the news is. The news is one source of information, but news is designed to keep you watching. And good news is not sensational. And so you're not going to see very much good news on the news. Watching the news is also, like I mentioned earlier, your lower brain's attempt to solve for the unknown. The news is saying the same information over and over. It is not giving you new information in this moment. When there's new information to be had, there's lots of ways to obtain that new information. One of my favorite ways right now to obtain new information is checking my email in case I have emails from my kids' school or family members and checking the CDC website is my favorite way to get new information about the coronavirus. The news is my least favorite way to get new information. And in fact, I am barely watching the news at all. I will occasionally read an article on Facebook that looks very reputable, but mostly I watch my urge to read every article I see linked to and I just pass it by. I just say that article does not have new information for me. And when there's new information, I'll have it. And watch how your lower brain is drawn to drama. And that's okay. That's a perfectly normal response for your lower brain. It's drawn to drama, but you don't need more drama in your life right now. So it's okay to watch the news, but do not overwatch the news. It's also okay to worry, but do not over worry. If you need a reminder about how worry shows up in our model, I want you to go back to episode nine in this podcast, the episode called Worry Versus Fear. This is a moment to have 
a lot of healthy fear. And it's okay to have some worry, but mostly worry does not serve us. And go back and listen to this ep- that episode to remember why and to remember all the ways to combat over-worrying. It's also okay to be on social media, but don't over be on social media. It's a little bit like overwatching the news. Like I'll get on social media and see how everyone's doing. I'll get on social media, see if I can get more information, more answers. Instead, just say, I'm going to intentionally relax and be on social media for a certain amount of minutes, a couple of times a day, knowing that it's just a diversion. It's just an entertainment. It's just a distraction. It's not my best source of information. It's one way to stay connected in this time that we are not able to physically be in each other's presence. So there's nothing wrong with being on social media. Do not overdo it. Okay, here's a couple of things I would recommend that you do. One thing that has really helped me over the last couple weeks is keeping a routine even when you don't have to. So that can look very simple. That can just look like picking three or four things that you do at the same time every day. Like every day we get up at this time. Every night we go to bed at this time. We eat our meals at the same time every day rather than just whenever we want. We always do our schoolwork in this window of the day. We go outside every day that there's good weather. We're having snow here. I don't know about you guys. You know, there's just a few things that we decided ahead of time that this this will happen every day at these times. And then there's tons of flexible time in there too. Flexible activities. Because as my friend Jane says, flexible people are happy people. And I love that. We don't want to drive ourselves crazy by being too rigid. And we also don't want to drive ourselves crazy by having no routine. So I would really recommend keeping whatever version of a routine really serves you. Like I mentioned earlier, I want you to stay informed, but I want you to stay minimally informed. Just say every day I do this one thing to make sure I'm caught up. I want you to find humor and laugh. I want you to watch funny movies and funny TV shows and read memes. And some of my favorite comedians are Brian Regan and Jim Gaffigan. Some of my favorite funny TV shows are Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Raising Hope, How I Met Your Mother, Big Bang Theory, Parks and Recreation, The Office. Just enjoy yourself and let yourself laugh. It feels so good. Another thing I want you to do is thought work. I want you to do your self-coaching. I want you to listen to podcasts that feed your brain amazing new ways to think all the time. It is one of the best things you can do for yourself right now because our mental health is so important when we're going through times like this and it will help you adjust to your current new normal. Even if it's just a temporary new normal, which it is, it'll help you adjust and accept right now your new normal. So right now you can't go to the gym for your body but you can do mind management, which is like going to the gym for your mind. This is an amazing opportunity to practice these tools and flex your mind muscles. If you guys have been listening to this podcast since I began last fall and doing the challenges that I have for you at the end of every episode and working on your own self-coaching and your models, you have been strengthening your mind muscles all along. And this is the moment to flex those mind muscles and see what they can do for you. Keep working them out by coming here and listening to me, by working with a life coach, by listening to lots of podcasts, by talking to other people about this stuff. That's how you do your workouts at the gym for your mind. And then using these concepts in your everyday life to create the life that you want is how you flex your mind muscles. I want to leave you guys with this final thought that can be so helpful at in these kinds of times, which is again, nothing has gone wrong. Now, when I say this, I don't mean that nothing is hard. 
or that nothing has gone the way that you don't prefer. What I mean to say is nothing in your life should be different than it is right now. Nothing has gone wrong. This thought right here leads you to acceptance of your circumstances. And you can accept them or reject them, but either way they're happening to you. And when you accept your circumstances, you're in such a better position to create the life you want to create. So practice thinking this thought, nothing has gone wrong. And my friend Kristen, who's also a life coach, and I interviewed for an episode on the podcast that will be live in the next couple of months, recently posted this and I want to share it with you guys. She's an amazing coach and she says, what do I know to be true right here and right now? Here is what I know. Right now, I'm standing in my home office and writing a message to you. My husband is peacefully sleeping on the couch after coming home from his latest shift from the hospital. He is warm and alive and not sick. I am safe and healthy right now. All we've ever had, my friends, is now. There was always uncertainty. And the problem for us, myself included, is that we've built up these structures to make us feel more certain. But they were always an illusion. COVID-19 was always meant to come. All of the things and money and family could always be taken away from us at any moment, virus or no virus. Once we accept that we can never control our futures, we can make peace with uncertainty that's yelling in our faces right now. And even if... Even if the worst thing that you could possibly imagine happening happens, how do you want to spend the time you have now with the people you love? Once I realized that I just have these moments, I decided I'm going to listen better to my husband. I'm going to give my kids lots of hugs and compassion because I know they're suffering too. I'm going to call my mom more often. Life is ever so precious. Give yourself a break from COVID-19 news. Hug your spouse extra hard. Call your best friend and plan a trip together for next year. Snuggle with your child or your pet. Breathe deeply and exhale completely. Thank you for those beautiful words, Kristen. I'm so happy to share them here with you. She said it so well. That's what I wanted to end this episode on. Know that I'm here for you. Please email me if you need anything. Reach out to me. And I hope that this episode brought you a lot of new things to think about and empowered you to live through these moments more intentionally and in a way that you can feel great about. That's what I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for making time in your day to listen to this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. I also love when you subscribe, rate, and review it. If this podcast resonates with you and you are interested in learning more, please send an email to jesse at simplyresilient.net to schedule your free life coaching mini session and see if working with me would be a great fit for you. Remember when we choose to intentionally manage our minds, we go from feeling mentally miserable to feeling like a mental warrior. You've got this. I'll talk to you soon. Over and out.